Deal, good deal. Well, looks like the gang's all here. How are you, Josh? Man, uh, I'm doing okay today. Yeah, better, better than last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, still, uh, Justin. Uh, I, I've come down with the case of the shingles about three oh, weeks ago. No and good. It, uh, it attacked my uh, left eye and 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 face. So, yeah, it's it, it's it's been a rough go for about. Gosh, we're almost a month that I've been kind of dealing with this. I don't want to turn this into Dr. Oz, but, you know, I've, I've always heard of the shingles. I've heard people that have had the shingles, and all they do is say it is just some of the worst and most intense pain that you've ever been in. Is, it, is that what it is? Is it like an, you know, is it like poison ivy? What does it look like? What does it feel like? So, so it's, it's your nerves. It's an attack on your nervous system, um, mm. and they can actually pinpoint – between which vertebrae it's it's in, um, but but yes, so, so your nerves are just uber 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 sensitive. Yeah, um, and so in the I mean anything that touches it, it just feels like uh, you know those cacti that have the really t- tiny needles. Yeah, you know if you you know it just feels like somebody just bashed you up wherever it's at on your body with one of those cactus. Just if a if a wind gust. Hit you right. the wrong way, it'll set you off. I'll take a hard pass on that. Bless your yeah. heart. Yeah, you know it was it was bad enough a couple of weeks ago. Stone Cold Steve Austin was our guest, and Josh felt so bad he couldn't even. He started the interview and had to like bow out. And this is a dude that has flipped his truck and played a gig the next day. Yeah, right. And then exploded his pinky when a giant speaker cabinet fell on it and played the next day with stitches. Oh, wow. That's so as straight I, as it gets there, Justin. <laughs> so finish your story, Cody, and I'm going to show you something weird. That's like, like one of those stupid human weird trick, human tricks. Yeah. I was probably 15. I was riding a moped. I thought you told him to finish his story. No, I did, didn't I? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he went, yeah, and then shut up. I'm like, all right, comma. <laughs> so I was 15, riding the moped, and the brakes went out on the moped, and I ran it right into a brick wall. Well, when you went into the brick wall, it kind of did the endo a little bit, and I held on to the handlebars, and so I guess the way I was holding on I ended up just like breaking both of my pinkies somehow, mm. but it didn't like break them where I needed to go to the doctor or anything. I guess it just like kind of offset them. And so now since then I can no longer, and I can try really hard, but I cannot touch my pinky to my thumb at all. I cannot do that. That is crazy. Golly. On, e- on either hand, either hand. I mean, I'm like trying <laughs> and it won't happen. So- it was like identical breaks. Yeah. Holding. Yeah. So. Golly. Damn. Wow. All right. From shingles to wrecking mopeds, I think that. Let's uh, <laughs> start. Let's this thing going. I think we're, we're ready to go, guys. Yeah. Uh, and, um, one, and, and Zingers, Justin Zero, Team yeah. Jinx One. Yeah. yeah. That's Bobby Keith. Bobby Keith just sits there like a cat. He just sits there waiting. Like, <laughs> He's you a sniper. You won't. Right. You won't. <laughs> 
you won't hear anything at it for 20 minutes at a time. And that's and funny just, because you're up in my upper right window, just like Lee Harvey Oswald was. So it's the perfect spot <laughs> oh. for you. <laughs> He's just waiting for the shot, baby. If just you believe that. Shot. Yeah. All right. Well, up in my uh, left-hand corner, coming to us from just outside of Waco, Texas, we have Bobby Keith Kilgore. How you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? Doing good, buddy. Doing yeah, good. good. We're ready for uh, this weekend. I am too. I am too. We'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to do some hunting. And uh, in the bottom right corner today, feeling better, non-COVID related, coming to us from Boyd, Texas, Josh Thompson. Hey, buddy. Hey, guys. That was it. Short but sweet. Good. Uh-huh. Like that. Yeah. Um, he's the bass player, man. He's just whatever, dude, you know. And, uh, Not flashy at all, man. No, just get no. to the point. Just hold it down, baby. Meat just hold potatoes, it down. baby. That's it. <laughs> and uh, in the, the bottom left hand of my screen, uh, the moped enthusiast. <laughs> Not an official nickname. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is, this is fun. We talked about doing this uh, when I saw you last month. And uh, thank you so much for joining. Uh, this is a couple in. And today, our, uh, our special guest is Justin Frizzell. How are you, buddy? Hi, buddy. I'm great, man. How are you? Man, I'm I'm doing really good, man. With this whole COVID thing, like one week I'm real depressed and then one week I'm like, man, this is great. I'm getting so much stuff done and mm-hmm. that I need, you know, so uh, this is a good one. And I'm excited because like I said a while ago today, you are in the hot seat. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm completely sitting opposite of what I'm used to doing and I'm already like fidgeting and my palms are sweating and I don't have yeah. any fingernails left to bite. I'm like, I have no idea how this side of the table works. See, and that's what I feel like every time I, uh, we interview somebody, I feel like, man, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So we're just, we're just going to sit here and, uh, and BS. Right. For if a it minute. gets bad enough, we'll just switch places just for this one week. Just for this one week. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like you get back in your natural thing and I'll get back into mine as well. But this right. has been fun for me. We've gotten to, uh, most of the time, we just uh, we just sit here and BS with uh, with good friends of ours, and, and I can tell you right now, I can't I can't count on two hands probably the times you've interviewed me over the past 10, 15 years. You know what? Um, you've always been super uh, when it comes to you know my request for you to either just do a quick interview or, or come play the, the Sunday show. Um, you know, and, and obviously you've gotten a lot busier since the last time we've done it. So those opportunities are now few and far between. Which, by the way. Congratulations to all of you for that. By the way, howdy, boys. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, but yeah, you were always so great to say, uh, yeah, man, I'll be there when and where. And I've, I've always appreciated that and um, excited well, to you know be here today. Is, you know, to give to give people a, a little bit of back history, you know, we, we really are buddies. I mean, um, we've known each other for a lot of years now, and a lot of people don't know that, <clears throat> uh, you know, Years ago, our, my hometown station, uh, Justin Frizzell, really it hosted the morning show, Justin and Heather on 95.9, uh, based out of Fort Worth. Head honcho, chief bottle washer, you've worn every hat in that station. But uh, my hometown station, that station, your station, didn't start playing my music until you got there on a regular basis. Uh, the program director uh, before you got there was not a fan of mine. And uh, after meeting with oh. me personally, um, right. I was even less of a fan of mine, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 
But after you got there, uh, lots of lots of things changed, lots of doors opened. I know your story. You've been doing this for 20 plus years. I know mm-hmm. how you started. I remember where you came from, what you were doing uh, on another station. Man, yeah. let's hear your story. You hear everybody else's. All right. How far do you want to go back? Man, that kind of that, that kind of goes into what I wanted to talk about because right. I feel like radio is one of those industries, and correct me if I'm wrong, where your internship is still very, very important. Absolutely. And if, I, uh, if I'm if i correct, you interned with a guy named Norm Hitchkiss. Is that correct? That is that is absolutely correct. Who yeah. is a Radio Hall of Famer, and I still – he's one of my favorites. I, I listen to him to this day, and he seems to me to be the consummate professional. And I feel like that's got to be a great way to start your, uh, your, your journey was under him. Well, um, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was one of those opportunities that, that actually came – second in my, uh, in the start of my, uh, well, what I hope was the start of my radio career, I should say, because you're just an intern. You're not guaranteed a job. You're just, you're just there to do everybody's, you know, be everybody's lackey for the most part. And you just hope that it turns into a job. Uh, but how I got to that point where I wanted to be an intern for a major market radio station or a radio station in general was that since I was about 12, I decided that I was going to do one of two things. And the first one was uh, be a professional baseball player, hopefully for my hometown, Texas Rangers. And the second one was going to be, uh, be a radio guy, be on the radio. Uh, Cause I was that kid that would sit, I'm an, I'm an only child. Um, you know, when my friends couldn't come over and hang out, I would sit in front of my radio in my room and have the dual cassette recorders, you know, deck on that thing. And I would play and record and, you know, I would record my songs and then I would record my own voice, introing and outroing those songs and talking over them and just, you know, pretty much playing pretend radio in my room. And I was doing all that based off of the, just the, the fun I could tell. Uh, I mean, I didn't know it at the time. It just sounded fun and exciting and that's what I wanted to do. But I was listening to, uh, if you're familiar with the, the, the Dallas-Fort Worth market, even if you're not, you're going to know these names probably. Uh, Terry Dorsey, um, who is a major market, you know, morning show personality forever around here. And then the other guy that I was listening to was actually the night guy at our rock station, 97.1, the Eagle, and his name uh, is Kid Craddock. And so those are the two guys that I grew up listening to that I remember specifically. And I was like, man, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And so really, it's just one of those things where since I was 12, I decided that one of the one or two of those things were going to happen. And I was fortunate enough to get to college and still continue to do both of them, play college baseball and then get my degree in broadcast communications, which to kind of draw a line in the sand there, uh, as weird as it's going to sound, I wish I had gotten a different degree than broadcast communications. And the reason for that is, is because radio is not a job that you show up at with a degree in hand and that's good enough to get you rolling, uh, especially if you want to be an on-air personality. Uh, it might get you in the door, but it's not going to necessarily uh, help you become a, ra- a better, it's not going to help you be a good radio person because radio is something that you just, I mean, you have to, you have, to have some natural talent, obviously, uh, to be able to communicate and to speak and really sit in a room and talk to yourself and just picture an audience out there. Uh, but there, it's, it's in a very experience driven job. You know, I, I don't, I don't know anybody 
that's ever been hired and then on day two be on a hot mic somewhere, you know, telling people, you know, what's going on. It's just, I mean, you just have to, it's one of those, you got to pay your dues, man. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's similar to what you guys have gone through. It's like you, you guys played the, you know, the, the back of the restaurant in the corner for a number of years to zero people that paying more attention to their mashed potatoes than they were you, you know, until, well, until something came along and, you know, it finally clicked for somebody and you, you moved on. So that's where, um, as college, my professor said, you got to have an internship. You got to get your foot in the door uh, because that's the only way you're ever going to get access to um, the kind of experience you need and the training you need is you know, like real life experience. And so I applied for an internship uh, at Channel 8 in Dallas TV because I was doing TV at the time and radio. Uh, and I also applied at uh, our local country station at the time where Terry Dorsey was at which was Kplex then, 99.5 Kplex. And I got the call back first from Channel 8 and was offered an internship with Dale Hansen, who's the uh, legendary sports anchor uh, for the longest time here in, in Dallas and Fort Worth. And I accepted it. I said, absolutely, I'll be there. I mean, because this is somehow or another, I was going to turn this into something, but I was just granted entry into the industry I want to be in. I'm not going to say no. And then about a week later, I got the phone call from the radio station. and that. Uh, that phone call was like, hey, how would you like to uh, intern for Norm Hitzkus? And that immediately had what little hair I still had at the time. Made my, it made it all stand up because I grew up to that guy. I grew up listening to that guy called Ranger Baseball Games. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so that, I was, I was, obviously I was from, familiar with Dale Hansen, but TV wasn't necessarily my passion. Uh, it was just an opportunity at the time. But when all of that radio goodness kind of came together, I called Channel 8, told them I would not be accepting their internship, took it with Norm Hitzkus, uh, and immediately walked into that uh, radio station that summer of 1996 uh, as an intern, uh, way overspent my internship. You were only supposed to be there for six weeks. I was there the entire summer. Um, I didn't leave that radio station until it was time to go back to school that fall, and um, Literally, just did everything I could while I was at that radio station. Uh, whatever, whatever it is they asked me to do, I was going to do it. I just wanted to get my hands dirty. And, you know, obviously you pay a lot of attention about how they do things and you watch and you take some notes and you do everything you do to satisfy your internship. So you take it back and you get the right grade. So I went back in the fall, came back for Thanksgiving break. I went to the program director at the time. His name is John Shambi. He's up in the Northeast now. He's actually overseeing a bunch of country radio stations up there. You guys may have run into him if you're in your travels up there. Anyway, uh, I said, John, I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate uh, you having me here this summer. I'm back for Thanksgiving break. I'm graduating in December. and just want to let you know I'll be back on your doorstep because I'll be looking for a job. And I'm not kidding you. He looked at me and goes, I thought we already hired you. <laughs> and I was like, no, John, I was, I was just an intern. He goes, well, you were here every day. You, you way overstayed your internship. I go, yeah, it's because this is what I want to do. He said, well, uh, let me hang on just a second. He picked up his phone. He called, her name is Diana Underwood. He called Diana Underwood and said, Diana, are you still here? And he, she fortunately was still there right before Thanksgiving break kicked in and they were all leaving the office. And he said, all right, I'm sending Justin down, get him the paperwork. Uh, we're going to hire him uh, when he graduates in December. We're going to give him a job here at 570 KLIF. And I was like, wow, 
So I went down to the human resources office, met with Miss uh, Underwood, filled out all the paperwork. She signed it. John signed it. Walked out of there with a, a, a part-time radio job uh, with still a, sem- a little bit less than a semester of college left. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, going back to school, knowing you've already got a job when you leave there makes, it, makes for the best college semester you could ever have. Because I didn't, <laughs> my grades were in. I didn't care. I was celebrating. I was partying. I was going to get to go do what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, baseball failed me. Or I, I guess I failed baseball. I tore my arm up. So that didn't pan out. But radio did. So there's the, there's the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> well, and, you know, you said a while ago, um, cutting your teeth, right? And, 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 mm-hmm. and, uh, first of all, let's let's mention Norm Hitz because you're talking to two P1s right here. Um, okay, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That. Yeah, absolutely. We 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 we've got to be friends with some of the guys at the tickets. God bless Norm. He's uh, he's he's fighting cancer right now. Yeah. Uh, um, but cutting your teeth—that's something that we've kind of done together, buddy. Um, you know, going back to uh, from from when you were um, with 99.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've been a mainstay over the past 20, 20 plus years. Um, you know, now with, with 95, nine, with, you know, but gosh, from Texas red dirt roads to, uh, 2013 through 2015 doing Lone Star roads. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we've, it is, I was telling Rebecca a while ago, I said, you know, it's one of those guys I said, I felt like I, I came up with just like I would another artist. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, we, you know, I've watched, uh, I've watched what's happened with what you've done and you've watched what's happened with, with what I've done and and all the other artists that, that you've befriended and, you know, make no mistake about it. In my opinion, um, the concept of a radio personality, that's not just a DJ is it's, it's not an antiquated concept. You just don't see it as much as you used to. And, you're one of those guys that, and especially in our business, like, you know, everybody, you can pick up the phone and, and call Robert Earl Keene and you can pick up the phone and you can call me. And, you know, depending on, on what it is, you can pick up the phone and call a lot of really bad MFers and be like, Hey man, can you, can you call in or do this to do this? And they're all going to go. Yeah. Cause you've been there with us. Yeah. I've, I've been, Extremely blessed in that department and fortunate, and I'm, I'm not lost on the fact that guys like yourself and, and so many others uh, still answer uh, my phone call. And, you know, it's, it's, it really still is even 20, let's see, 96, so we're 24 years, I'm 24 years into this thing. It's still like a, a big dream to me, and, uh, and it's still, I still very feel kid-like in it that I'm, that I'm getting to do this, and this is actually a job that somebody's paying me real money for is to talk between records and just try to keep good company. Uh, and, and so I still approach it um, from a fan standpoint and in, in my excitement about these great songs and these great artists. Uh, and I think that that kind of um, comes through the radio that I'm, you know, I'm not, I tr- I'm not trying to be a talking head whatsoever. Uh, and I'm not trying to throw up on, you know, they, they, we call it in the radio business, they call it throwing up on the radio, like, Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to 99.5. You know, that guy, um, it's just real stuff and it's real me. And then, you know, as I've gone on in my career, there's obviously the business side of the entertainment business, which again, something that you guys can obviously speak to. 
So, but yeah, having developing uh, my personality, uh, and then was as was important. Developing my relationship with my listeners has always been very important to me. Um, and then obviously developing relationships with you guys as much as you will allow for it has always been real important to me. And that's something that I try that I'm very respectful of, uh, and that I, I certainly, you know, hope and try to maintain. I love it. This may sound like a weird question and, you know, but you know, there are those guys that obviously it's, they're doing the gig just cause it's the gig and that's not the way you approach it. But, um, you know, the, the, the Texas country and the, you know, that music, I mean, do you really love it as much as it sounds like you love yeah. it on the radio? 100% I do. 100% I do. I mean, I'm a fan of literally all kinds of music. Uh, I mean, you look, you go, you shuffle through my, uh, you know, my playlist on my phone and on my computer and you'll find, I mean, Ernest Tubb and Bob Wills. And then three clicks later, you could be in the middle of uh, Dr. Dre uh, with some Snoop Dogg. And then three clicks later, it'll be uh, the three tenors and Frank Sinatra. I mean, it's just my, my, the list on my phone is just as random as that. But as far as the Texas and red dirt music scene, as I've always called it, because it was taught to me and shown to me to be that way, uh, has always been my passion. I, and I think it's because I don't, for early on the song spoke to me because it was, you know, it was the catchy Texas songs. They were songs about Texas. They were, you know, Lone Star Beer, Floating the Guadalupe, Green Hall, Take Me Out to the Dance Hall. Uh, Jerry Jeff Walker and all those guys and Terlingua and Lookenbach and that was like that. They're talking to me. They're singing to me. They're singing about my things. This is something I can sink my teeth into, and so uh, that's where it starts again. I go back to saying I was a fan of that, and it didn't necessarily at that time when I was uh, starting um, in the late '90s and early 2000s when I started. The Texas music show on what was what became the Wolf after Caplex, it didn't have a home, and uh, I mean there was no there was certainly no large market signal like the Wolf had that was. Uh, and you're talking you know, about the Front Porch show. The Front Porch, <laughs> yes, thank you, Cody. <laughs> yeah. um, there was no big market signal like that, at least that I was aware of, that was giving unheard of artists, you know, uh, an opportunity to be heard. There was just, I mean, there were some smaller stations. I think our friends. Uh, up the street at KHY and Plano. Uh, we're probably doing something, but as far as like strength of signal, you know, 50,000, 100,000 watt radio station for three hours playing a bunch of artists that nobody knows, that was unheard of. And, you know, GMs and program directors will tell you it's a huge risk because um, people just don't like unfamiliar music. But they gave me three hours to play all, to literally bring my box of records in or CDs at the time and just do whatever I wanted to with those three hours. And that's, I mean, and I was like, man, and literally, I, it was so early in my broadcast career that I was still learning how to be that radio personality and follow the, the written and unwritten rules of radio that I was just hopping on the radio. And I was like, hey, man, it's Justin. Glad y'all are here tonight, man. I was just uh, up the other day at Lovemore in Texas, and I saw this guy named Randy Rogers. I went up there and grabbed a CD, and you know, here's you know, here's one called Like It Used to Be. Man, I hope y'all like it. I think you really think this song's cool. And that was it. I mean, it sounded unprofessional as hell. <laughs> but I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of like our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that was it was my 
real personalities showing through, good or bad. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, and it turned out that there was a bunch of songs that either people were, they, they were familiar with, and now they had a home to listen to them on the radio, or they were, you know, people were becoming familiar with them. Um, and so, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I honestly uh, always have, from the moment I found it, and still to this day, just love it. I, and I love the, uh, and I love the discovery of it too, because, you know, there's so many people uh, now, you know, thanks to, you know, the precedent that, that Cody, you set and, and your guys set and so many that have come before you and uh, that, you know, you can achieve things on your own. You can do it on your own without a whole lot of big help uh, necessarily. And so, so many people are just like constantly sending records and just, man, it's so awesome. Cause you, uh, and I'll listen, I listen to every single one of them because you just never know what you're going to find because it's exactly how it started. It's like when, when Randy Rogers handed me that CD, and said, hey, I'm, you know, my, my name's Randy. I'm from Cleburne. Here's my record. If you like something, play it. Everybody was that way. Everybody yeah. was that way. You know, and, was, and there was no, at that time, there was no management, so to speak. Uh, the Texas music chart was very early in the game. Um, there was obviously no social networking. Um, there was no, there was, I don't think, any labels. I mean, they, they were just based strictly out of Texas. If there were, they were just, you know, they were just catchy. Like, uh, you know, Mark David Manders, Max Stalling, Houston Marchment, um, and Kevin Deal were on Blind Nello Records, which is just something, a name they came up with to all be in the same group. It wasn't some big record distribution company or label, you know. It was just like to have, just to have a name for a label and say that you were on some kind of label anyway. Um, and so I still, I still approach it the same way today. It's like, I don't care if you've been doing it for 50 years or you've been doing it for five minutes. If you're going to hand me a record, I'm going to listen to it because it might be the next big thing. It might be the next best thing. Well, and you've been, <clears throat> you've been doing that. And, and that's, that's what, you know, that's what young artists see. Because whenever, I mean, gosh, you know, like, like, like you were saying a while ago, you know, we've known each other for a lot of years. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, whenever... I remember getting invited to to uh, play your show for the first time. It's it's been over a decade, you know, however long ago. Right. And that was back whenever. Like I really I didn't have a place. I didn't. Um, like I was saying, you know, the the ranch wasn't even playing my stuff until until you got there. Now Ben Ryan got in trouble mm -hmm. for uh, prematurely playing some stuff that. Um, that, that we had put out, you know, a long time ago that he wasn't supposed to, that he snuck in there and, and uh, the old program director didn't like it, but right. shout out to Ben. Love you, buddy. But like I said, a while ago, getting that call, you know, to do your show, that was a big deal. Cause I didn't have anything, mm. you know, that was, that was such a, and, and, and now having gone from being like the, the low man on the totem pole, <laughs> you know, during some of those shows to, maybe being one of the more known artists that are on the show. hundred percent. Like we took that ride together that, and that's, that's important for a young artist. And I remember, I remember the first time I played with Kayla Ray, mm -hmm. it was, I showed up and at the time uh, y'all were doing it at Billy Bob's and uh, I didn't know who Kayla Ray was. I didn't, she was just this young lady that like blew my face off uh, yeah. whenever, <laughs> you know, whenever we started, <laughs> whenever we started playing, it's like, 
God, where did hold on? You know, where did you find this girl, Justin? Yeah, where, where did <laughs> where did you, where are you who what? You know, mm-hmm. um, and you've given you know that that's the platform that I think that that young artists you know look back on and and now having you know all the number of years that I've worked with you, you know, very very thankful for. Um, but that means a lot. And I, I, it's, it's an honor to, to hear you say that. And I, and I sincerely appreciate that. And, you know, you, you mentioned Kayla Ray. Um, and I'll just say that I, I thank the world of her. I think that, man, she can sing like nobody's business. And you just as soon hear her just talk for 90 minutes as you would sing, you know, cause she has just got the sweetest Southern draw and oh, yeah. man, just, just read the phone book to me. Let me, yes. let me just read it, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, and she was on the show because she, it was, again, I got the CD in the mail. I fell in love with a song called Rockport, which is track one off that album. And I was like, I want you to come sing that show, sing that song live on my show. And it was probably for selfish reasons. Because I was like, I want you to come sing me that song. Come, come sing for me, please. Yeah. I love it that much. And I want yeah. you to come do it. I don't know how we're going to get through the other, you know, two hours and 54 minutes. But, you know, yeah. we're going to damn sure hear that song. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. So it, the platform's great. And, and, Thank you. you know, it all started with um, the front porch show years and years ago. <laughs> it, it turned into uh, Texas Red Dirt Roads. You did uh, uh, Lone Star Roads for a couple of years, uh, the TV show. And let's talk about your current project right now, Backroads Conversations. Right. Um, which I'm going to be a guest on uh, December 22nd this year. Again, there's that, you know, evidence, an example of you, you answering the phone and, and saying yes. So thank you for that. <laughs> it's going to be a fantastic way to finish our year. I got to be honest with you, buddy. I, I, I don't have a whole lot going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll pretend like you didn't say that. And uh, it was more of like, thank you for finally calling, I think is what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was funny. The internet's breaking up a little bit, getting the, the signal maybe cutting out. I don't know. You, you and I, uh, we got to meet up. Um, we got to meet up a few weeks ago. I, mm-hmm. I was down in Waco visiting my buddy Cameron from Standard Hats. And, yep. Um, I, I, my wife and I were coming through the next day and, and hell, we just needed to get together and, and, uh, and, and jaw for a little bit anyway, but we yeah. met up over at, at, at uh, uh, Silver Star mm-hmm. in Fort Worth, the old ranch style beans and uh, factory and uh, got to do a little bit of whiskey sipping and I quit drinking whiskey, but I made an, I made an exception that day and they, yeah. do, they do have a fine. I found, I, I found that out the hard way from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that after we had gone through the entire tour and done the tasting of like four to five different kinds of whiskeys, bourbons, <laughs> and vodkas, I would, you, you were talking to Kurt Richards, who is the is the distiller, the head distiller and scientist behind Silver Star Spirits. Yeah. And I was talking to Beck, and Beck was like, that must have been really good. And I was like, it was good. Did you like it? She goes, yeah, but Cody hadn't drank whiskey in over a year. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> I don't need that on my head. I don't need to be the guy that, you know, put Cody back in the tank. You know, it was funny. She was, <laughs> she, she told me about that, you know, and then she told, she told me that she told you Cody does what Cody wants to do. Yeah, exactly. And, I was like, and, man, we could have met at Waterburger instead of the, you know. <laughs> instead of a, 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 a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of me or dangling distil- the carrot out in front of yeah. you for two hours. So. Yeah, but no, it was good. And, uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I had me, I had me a couple of whiskey drinks and tried some of their fine products, and yeah. ended up bringing home like, like eight bottles. Uh, I took care of Christmas. Basically, I, I bought like eight <laughs> bottles to give away to people. Rebecca, actually, she's going to hate me for saying this. She's already polished <laughs> off one of those Texas honeys by herself. Well, and that's fine because she's been in the game. You're the one that's been on the bench for a couple of minutes, and now. I haven't I had any of it. She she drank it all herself. <laughs> but uh, you know that was a, that was a long way around. Of, but you and I were talking a, a, yeah. that day about um, about backroads uh, conversations. You you brought that up and asked if I'd be a part of it, and that was one of those because you know like like any other artist, um, I call my manager and I say, "Hey, I want to do this." Uh huh. And they all go, oh, no, 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 can't do yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Sure. But that was one of those. I called my manager and I said, uh, I'm doing this. It's with Frizzell on the 22nd. I really don't care what you think. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that was one of the, and I saved those. I saved those. I keep those in my back pocket. But you're mm. one of those guys I'll, well. I'll, pull, that, I'll pull that trump card for. So um, I was reading a little bit in an interview that you had done about uh, about your new show, and uh-huh. uh, you had cited that you had kind of gotten the idea from David Letterman's "My Next Guest Needs No Introduction" and uh, comedians uh, in cars getting coffee. One hundred percent. And so far, I've not been contacted by any legal team with a cease <laughs> and desist because that's exactly what I did. Because um, and kind of the, the the reason behind that and the development behind that. Uh, of the program was this year um, my three hour jaunt in Texas music every, every week end. And then every week with the syndication that the show's in now um, between the front porch show and Texas red dirt roads was, is 20 years old. And for 20 years I've uh, I have done and been fortunate enough to do the exact same format of show where every, you know, it's, it's recorded live every Sunday afternoon for three hours with three to four artists at a time. And it's anything from, a, a, you know, Kayla Ray, who's brand new, all the way to Cody Jinks, who had, you know, you, you had already laid a lot of groundwork for yourself at that point. You were seeing success. And then everybody that's kind of in between that beginning phase and, you know, and then launching out to do bigger things for 20 years. And I knew that there was, there was two things, two schools of thought into the 20th anniversary of the show. It's like I knew it needed, I didn't want to necessarily take away from that show or drop it or change it because I still felt like that it was, it could be a good platform for young artists and up and comers to be on a program and kind of give them an opportunity to be heard on a large platform. And uh, so I didn't want to lose that part of it. But at the same time, I knew guys like yourself are what I consider to be our high-level A-listers, you're just not as, it's not, you're not readily available anymore. You're busy out on the road. And when you're not, you're, you're taking your break and you're spending that time with your family. And so I knew that I couldn't just pick up the phone, you know, 46 weeks out of the year and continue to call on you guys to come play this show. Um, and so I've, I've had to come up with another concept. And then the, the other part of it was, is like my daughter's about to be a senior in high school my son is now um, in the seventh grade. I've spent the entire, their entire lives working six days a week. Uh, again, blessed and fortunate to do so, but I, I wanted my Sundays back. 
so I could have a full weekend with my kids. And so I was like, it's just, it's 20 years. It's the perfect time for change. Now, what are you going to do? And literally, um, I was, you know, I'm uh, guilty here. This is going to get me some flack, I'm sure. But I am a fan of the Ellen show. Because I, I like, I like yeah. the way that she conducts her interviews. I like the way that she interacts with her audience. I love the fact that she gives so much money away uh, just randomly and to charitable causes. I just think that she has got a great program and it's an enjoy to watch. So I was like, I want pieces of that show into whatever it is that I'm about to do. And while I'm thinking about that, I'm sitting here and I'm watching, literally, I'm watching David Letterman, my guest needs no, my next guest needs no introduction. And I think I'm watching the Kanye West episode. And I'm just watching and I'm sitting here and all of a sudden just back in my mind, I'll go, that's what I want to do right there. I want to take our Texas Red Dirt A-list celebrities, just like he does, and sit them down, just me and them, and have a conversation about them. Not necessarily focus so much on the music. Uh, it's gonna, the conversation is going to lead to that. But I want to focus more on who these people are and give the audience an opportunity to see those layers get peeled back and find out who you guys and girls really are. Because you give us 90 minutes of yourself every night, but it's all based around the music. You know, now it's, it's been a lot more revealing recently because of social network for as much or as little you're willing to share. But I just, I watched that show. I was sitting there and my mouth was open, you know, cause I don't have the biggest fascination with Kanye West, but it was just interesting to hear his story and to, and to see him in an area that you don't usually get to see him in, which is on stage. So that was, that's where it came from. And then just the riding in cars with comedians, that's actually uh, a part of the show that I haven't done yet. I'm, I'm saving that piece of it in case we, uh, in case this thing does turn into a, a TV show, which, you know, there's small chatter on that right now. Nothing that I'm, you know, I'm ready to announce yet, but, um, but yeah, definitely those three shows. That's, um, that's where the concept of backroads conversations came from. Well, Justin, and I think that's a really, I think that's really needed right now. You even say with the social media, but even with that, you know, they're, they're 15 second clips of, of what you said, and maybe it was, you know, and I think those things can be um, really uh, misconstrued in a lot of ways. And I think, like I said, I think that's just really important uh, for people to to be able to learn about the person instead of mm-hmm. the persona that is uh, that they see on their on their Instagram feed. Well, you know, in in the Texas uh, and Red Dirt music scene, I've always said that the line. Uh, between the artist and the fan is is very thin. It's there, it exists, but it's very thin. And the fact that uh, you you folks are are so um, willing to visit and spend time with your fans, and you really can see and hear how much appreciation you have for them. Um, you can sense that, and it re- and through the music, certainly, it's kind of like going back to what I was saying earlier about how I fell in love with it. It's like your songs, uh, you can tell that you're singing not at them, but you're singing to them and you're singing about them. And I think the fans recognize that. That's why they fall in love with it. It's like, man, I know exactly what this guy, I know exactly what this girl's singing about. And there's just that almost immediate connection. And then the next step further is just how willing you are to, you know, come out after a show, hang out in the merch booth, shake every hand, sign every autograph. I know obviously that's been tougher this year, but you just see that kind of across the board. Uh, there's not really any big egos involved with it. 
Now, at the same time, there's still more to the story because even in a meet and greet line after a show, it's like, hey, man, enjoyed the show. Thanks. Really love this song. Yada, yada, yada. Appreciate it. And then you got to, you know, you got to kind of keep the line moving. I mean, you're giving them access that they don't usually get, but they're not getting the full story. And so that's what this is for. This is to find out, you know, before you picked up that guitar, Cody, you know, what were you like as a kid? I mean, did you, I mean, were you an athlete? You know, what was your raisin like? Well, that is one hell of a tease, Justin, for the December 22nd. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of what I I like. I like to peel those layers back with respect. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable or tell stories that they don't want to tell. Um, but at the same time, I mean, that's, that's, this is what it's for. It's to find out who you really are. You know, and kind of what I'm thinking here by hearing you say how you approach things and how you started doing this and how you began as a fan, a fan first. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think when you approach things in that regard, because I still look at myself as a fan first, I obviously wouldn't be playing music for a living if I wasn't a fan of music. Um, I, you know, I love, um, I don't do a lot of interviews, but I love the format. Like you're talking about, it's not your basic, you know, give me 15 minutes and, and let's, let's talk about, uh, so how'd you get your start and what you're doing and your, who are your mm-hmm. influences and, and, and all like cut, you know, getting back, peeling it back, you know, like, like you interning with Norm Hitzkiss and, and, and listening to Terry Dorsey and Kid Craddock, which, which I did as well, because we were all fans of the industry, no matter how you're a part of it or I'm a part of it. I think if, if you look at it like that in, um, okay, you're, you're obviously fans of a lot of the people that you work with and mm-hmm. I am as well, you know, like, um, I got to, I got to play with, um, Tanya Tucker last year. Yeah. And I probably, when, whenever we met, I probably looked like more of a fan than I did a contemporary, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's, that's a healthy way to look at it. When you have that, that almost childlike enthusiasm for what you do and looking around and going, man, like, I'm, I know that guy, I, I'm friends with that lady, you know, and you're sitting there thinking, yeah. you know, that's, that's the coolest part of the job. So I love, I love your approach. You know, it's, you have such an enthusiastic approach uh, in, in with how you treat people and, and making that, that, that person that has never played in front of anybody or a few people being on your show next to somebody that they're looking at going, Oh my God, you know, I can't believe I'm sitting next to Walt Wilkins or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you you make all those people feel uh, equally as important. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think everybody isn't equal, to be honest with you. I mean, because everybody had to, you know, start somewhere and start sometimes. Uh, now, are you equal in the sense of what you've accomplished? No, not necessarily. I mean, there are people that have worked really hard and accomplished a lot of things. But at the same time, you were sitting in the fourth chair at one time, too. And so you have an understanding of where that person's coming from. And the person currently sitting in the fourth chair would like to be in your first chair. And so you're equal in the fact that you're all chasing the same dream. And in, in order for that door to continue to rotate, you got to keep bringing in that fresh and that new talent. And when you kind of, I don't necessarily do it on purpose. Well, I, sometimes I'll do it on purpose to say, hey, guess what? I'm bringing you in 
and you're getting to play this show with Cody Jinks. Because obviously that's going to, you know, or any other artist, obviously I'm saying it because I'm talking to you. But uh, so that gives them a little bit of like, wow, cool factor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's also, you know, without telling them, it's holding their feet to the fire a little bit because they automatically know, oh, God, I'm going to be sitting up there with Pat Green. I got to bring my A game. Yeah. You know, because I don't want to look like a fool, you know, after he sings wave on wave. And then here I come with my Lone Star Beer Crush Can song. You know, mm-hmm. so which again, there's nothing wrong with that. Those are there's some great songs there, uh, but you know, it's it's just all part of the the programming of it. It's it's those little things that are always in the back of my mind that I put into play, whether the artist realizes it's happening or not. I love that. I didn't even think about that that psychology. Yeah, you are holding the kids, so to speak, uh, feet to the fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Justin, it is because I was at a show, and I'm not going to name any names, but I feel like there's also um, you've done that to some of your quote unquote the A-listers. That um, there's also a kid that's up and coming that you know can probably whoop his ass, and so you kind of. <laughs> You kind of, I've seen you do that too, you know, the, the reverse side of that as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, you're right. There's sometimes there's a lot of thought that goes into how I'm positioning things, the, question, <laughs> the questions that I'm asking. Uh, they don't necessarily sound leading, but they are, you know, and, it's, and usually when you figure that out, it's too late. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just the way I've, I haven't always done it that way, but I figured out that's the way that I wanted to do it. And I've, you know, I'm fortunate enough that it's been successful up to this point. And, um, you know, I, I've got so many, uh, as much as, you know, Cody, you say you've got great memories of being on that show. I've got so many um, memories of, of folks that have come through and played that show. Uh, you're, you yourself included, when we played, you'll remember, uh, maybe, uh, the Back 40 Smokehouse in North Richland Hills. Mm-hmm. which uh, it's a barbecue restaurant out on that patio. And I think we used to buy hay there. That was a feed store. When yes. I was a kid. That was, and that was the story <laughs> you told me. Like, man, I, I know I've been here before, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's not, I can't remember all of it. I know I've forgotten more than I'll ever remember in, in 24 years, but there I can tell you special- who was on that show. But Okay. Go ahead. It was me, uh-huh. uh, Tommy Alverson, mm-hmm. Drew, Kennedy, Drew Kennedy and Daryl Dodd. Yep. I knew Daryl was there. Yep. Um, how do you remember stuff like? I don't know how I remember that. I don't know, but I remember that day. And it was great, and I yeah, love well, all of those guys. And that was that's you know that was a lot of the memories that I've got about you know just doing this show for the number of years that I have is, is those first encounters. <laughs> like um, I remember um, seeing like, where did I see him at? Maybe I didn't see him. Maybe it was just one of those cases where I heard, uh, I, got a, I, got the, I got the Wishbone Saloon album from Ryan Bingham. And I was listening to that album. And um, I don't remember exactly how I tracked him down, how I got a hold of him. But anyway, I got a hold of him. And I was like, man, I'm playing these songs. Would you like to come over and play, be my guest on the radio show? And um, he was like, yeah, sure, man. I, I think I'm coming to Fort Worth and I'm playing a show probably at the white elephant or something like that. And uh, on a on an early Sunday afternoon, and I just hit your ride and come over and I'll do the show with you afterwards. 
And, uh, and I'll never forget that when he, he's like, he called and said, I'm here. And I'm like, all right, I'll be down to get you in a minute because the, the station was on the, the 16th floor of this uh, high-rise tower in downtown Dallas. I went down there and got him, and he had hitchhiked in the back of a truck. And this truck rolled up, and he was in the back of it. He had a dog. He had his guitar without a case, and he was not wearing any shoes. <laughs> and <laughs> rolled up into the studio that night, and that's how my friendship with Ryan Bingham began right there. And it's, you know, it's, I'm fortunate enough that it's, it's lasted, you know, through the years. I've, I'm, you know, I've, I love calling him after watching Yellowstone. I'll never forget. I called him after the, uh, season one when he laid that kiss on Beth right outside the barn. If you guys have watched it at all, oh, I'm I, I'm three episodes in. I just got started on Yellowstone, and we've had season our song one? on there. So yeah, I'm in season one, three shows in. Okay, but they kicked off season three, uh, and they had us. Uh, they had one of our songs on season three. So I was like, man, I, I need to start watching this. I guess yeah. and it's badass. Must have been. Cold. Oh no, it's great, and I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be done with that story because I don't want to spoil any of it for you. But I called him. And I was like, man, <laughs> yeah. is that your first on screen kiss? He was like, hell yeah! Didn't that look good? Absolutely. Yeah, she's she's a looker. Yeah, and I we were. We were vacationing out in, in California a number of years ago, and uh, I, I called him to see if he was going to be out there, just to see if we could catch up. And he's like, I'm not going to be home at that time. I'm going to be out doing something. I forget what it was. It was either a movie or a, he was out on a tour or whatever. And uh, I got, we got down to the Hollywood part of town uh, you know, where the Chinese theater is and, and all that and the handprints are and uh, the Walk of Fame, whatever. Um, I was like, man, do you live down here in this area? Are you down here all the time? And he said, hell no. Absolutely. He goes, I stay as far away from that junk as I can. He goes, me and my wife, we got a place up in this mountain. That if you'll look to your right, you can probably see, you know, but you won't ever find where we're at. He said, I don't, I don't get involved in all that whatsoever. He said, I just, I just stay away from it all. So, mm -hmm. but I mean, he's, he's still Ryan Bingham, you know, he's, God, he's crazy the things that he's accomplished. But he's it, still it, Ryan. Well, yeah, the guy's got an Oscar now. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's that's pretty freaking impressive, but let's let's talk. Okay, let's talk about a guy like Ryan or, or or somebody else. You know, in all the years that you've been doing this, and all the just rad ass badass people that that you've met and come across, mm -hmm. befriended uh, many many times over. Yeah. Um, you know, who was your favorite interview or somebody that you just sat down and you were like, "Damn, I'm starstruck." Uh, you know, it, you know, like anything like that, any kind of moments like that. I don't know how I've been able to um, get through some of them and not be starstruck because I've had the opportunity to visit with a, with a lot of people. And again, you have to remember, and I, and I mean this, is that I'm sitting down and I'm interviewing you from a fan standpoint. Okay. So this just happens to be a guy that also gets to, do this live on the radio, but first and foremost, I'm a fan of you, and I get to be the guy that asks all the questions. And so, regardless of who it is, I'm kind of giddy about it. Now, has it become a lot more easy over the years after I've developed friendships and relationships, and you're just sitting around talking to a buddy? Absolutely. But as far as starstruck, I can only remember one time where I, I thought that I was going to have a heart attack, pass out, and shit my pants all at the same time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's my was, podcast, isn't it? It's this podcast. <laughs> it's the yes. new name, yeah. 
and 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 we're in the middle of it right now. And boy, it's been fun. And if you're excuse me, I gotta go change my pants. I'm gonna clean uh, myself up. Yeah. So in 2005, uh, the first time that the I believe it was the CMAs were held in New York City, uh, I was invited to go on that trip with Cross Canadian Ragweed. Uh, they were gonna play th- them. Uh, and Pat Green were going to play, I don't think it was The Hangar uh, in New York City. It was another venue. I forget the name of it. Uh, I know you guys have been up there and you may have even played there. But anyway, I forget the name of it. So they were going to play that. We were going to see that show. And then we were going to go to the CMAs the next night. And that's when they had the Purple Album. And they were on uh, their label at the time. So they were not only going to you know, be in New York, play in New York, go to the CMAs. But when the CMAs were over we were going to get to go to the label party where all the artists that are on that label obviously are at that after party. And that's the, it's private. It's the only people that were there. Uh, I'll never forget it. The location of that party. It was a place in New York called the duvet club and a duvet. I'm sure everybody knows is the top cover on the bed. It was on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. And the entire club is beds. There's not a chair in the place. If you're going to sit down, you're going to sit down on a bed or you're going to lay down on a bed. I didn't know it was that kind of party. Well, and it wasn't, <laughs> although Lori Morgan was there and she was kind of walking around. You're thinking, if it's going to happen to anybody, it's going to happen right here. <laughs> uh, and, and, and believe me, nothing against Lori Morgan. I love her to death. Um, so, as I'm, and I've got my wife Casey with me at this, uh, at this party. And as we're kind of towards the back of the room, I look up. And over in the corner is Norma and George Strait. And I look at Casey and I go, okay, this is our opportunity. I was like, let's go over there and find the right time and just introduce ourselves. And, and so I forget who George was standing there with, but walked up to him. I was like, Mr. Strait, my name is Justin Frizzell. I'm here from, uh, from Dallas, Fort Worth. I work for a radio station in town called The Wolf. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm familiar with The Wolf. I know. It's nice to meet you. This is my wife. And I'm like, well, this is my wife. And, and, I was, and I'm sure he won 10,000 awards that night. So I was, probably, I was like, congratulations. You know, I uh, just wanted to say, hey, don't want to bother you. It's nice to meet you. And he's like, well, it's nice to meet you guys, too. And I am not kidding. As soon as we turn around, not more than a foot away from my face is Kid Rock. And so I just had the experience of a lifetime of having a 15-second conversation with George Strait, only to turn around and be bum-rushed by Kid Rock. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't handle this. I can't handle it. And I'm like, like, and just by default, I stick my hand out. I go, hi, hi, Kid Rock. My name's Justin. It's nice to meet you. And, of course, he introduced himself with his real name, which nobody, you know, I can't remember what it is now. Call me Bobby. Bobby. Call me Bobby. Exactly. And, uh, and I just remember shaking his hand and then just like immediately doing that, you know, crazy eyed stare off into the distance and just kind of walk off into a wall somewhere, you know, and bang your head. <laughs> I was like, what just happened? What just happened? <laughs> We've all I, been there, I was man. like, thank God we're in the duvet club because I need to go lay down now. <laughs> <laughs> I need to rest. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's that's really that's one of the funnest parts about this business uh, is is having little moments like that. I, you know, uh, Rebecca and I were at the NFRs in, in Vegas a couple of years ago and uh, 
the people from Wrangler were very kind and invited me and Rebecca to come sit in the suite and, and, and Keith, you know, Keith was there and we didn't realize at the time George and, and Norma were sitting two seats over, but I, I didn't realize that. And for like 45 minutes, we sat there by George and Norma and I had no idea. And when we got up to, to leave, told him, thank you for having us. Uh, uh, our host said, did, did you get to talk to him? And I said, who? He said, George. And I said, George, who? He said, you were sitting next to George straight. And I said, and I shit, you know, I was like, I'm glad I didn't know he was there. Because I, <laughs> I would have. I would have been tapping your foot and tapping your hand <laughs> on the chair. <laughs> I would have said noise. Yeah, I, w- I would have, uh, uh, you know, palm sweaty, shit my pants, all that good stuff. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, man, dude, this is funny. We could rap all day, man. We could sit here and do this, and we, we've yeah. done it. We've done it in, in uh, being on air situations. We've done it off air yeah. like we did uh, last time I got to see you. But, um, I can't thank you enough for taking your time uh, to be on here. And I can't thank you enough for, uh, for the help that, that you've given me and, and uh, the support that my hometown station has given to me over the years. And I'm going to leave that at that. But we have one more segment, okay? Yeah. We're going to put you on the hot seat. Okay. I love it. All right, Justin. We have a, this is our segment called uh, Why Do I Know This? Okay. Just some quick questions. We don't have to uh, go too deep into it. Um, so hey, fire away, man. I ain't scared of y'all. All right. So, so here's my first one. Um, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. I have seen a ghost twice in my old house in Waxahachie. Now, and didn't the old studios, I've heard they, there were ghosts there at 95. Uh, yeah. yeah. In downtown Fort Worth, it's the jet building. Uh, it's got a great history behind it uh, of the things that it's been. And there are claims that there is a uh, young girl ghost there. There is a woman of ill repute that roams the hallways. And then there is the uh, classic uh, cowboy that roams the hallways. I have not uh, seen nor heard, um, you know, in real time, any of them. Uh, but uh, speaking of Ben Ryan, uh, Cody, uh, he does have a recording of he and I having a conversation in a production studio about a commercial that I was getting ready to read. I was going to read, he was going to produce and, uh, as the mics are hot and recording and as I'm getting ready to read uh, right there in that small two second time frame, uh, when you amplify the wave file enough, which is a, you know, a picture of the audio uh, you can hear somebody go whenever you're ready. Oh, oh. God, that just, <laughs> dang it. Damn. That make you the, okay. Stand up. All right. I don't know if you can tell or not, but I don't, have a British accent and neither does Ben. So we don't know <laughs> no. where that came from. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Hey, uh, so what is your favorite music venue? My favorite music venue. Oh, golly. Um, dang it. You can give us top three if it's too hard. Well, I mean, I love, I still love uh, going to a show at Billy Bob's, Texas. I just, I love, I mean, you hear about that honky tonk growing up, especially in this area. Uh, obviously a lot of folks around the world hear about it. I still love going in there. It doesn't obviously have the smell of marble, you know, uh, reds and non filters anymore, uh, (laughs) but it still still smells like beer and it's still a honky tonk and I love it. Um, I absolutely, I love the, one of our newest venues, um, 
just because of the, the, the setting and the ambiance around it. I like uh, what they're doing in Arlington at Texas Live. Uh, I think that's a cool spot. Uh, obviously, I mean, you could, you know, you could, you could say Green Hall and, and, and Lookenbach and all of those. I think that's kind of catchy or keechy a little bit. But then there's, you know, I, I know you guys did the show at Red Rocks. I know that, that whole album and DVD package is already out by now. I'd like to see a show there. I never have. Um, but uh, I think my top all-time favorite venue uh, is going to be Steamboat Springs, Colorado at Music Fest every year. I mean that is that's magic. That is you do you do love that uh, week, don't you? Everybody needs to experience that. I mean it is it is absolute magic. You talk about that line that we talked about earlier between artist and fan. It goes away for that week. That week it is it does not exist. Very cool. And my last one, um, you've got one hour to to just gorge on one kind of food. What is the food that you can just pack it down? Mexican food. Just Mexican food. Uh, like, I mean, if I get me, one I mean, food, fajitas, enchilada. I mean, you'll just you'll just do it all, huh? Yes, love it. Every love bit of it. Love it. <laughs> Every bit of it. I, I just yeah. Uh, favorite favorite video game, past or present? If you ever played. Well, so currently, uh, my son is kicking my ass in Madden Twenty. Um, so <laughs> we've been playing a lot of that. Uh, and then on my phone, uh, when I kind of like to just go away for a couple of minutes, I'll play. Uh, a game called Golf Clash. Oh, my man. Yeah. Josh likes that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, buddy. Well, yeah, my man. So, Favorite 2 a.m. meal? It's it's a taquito. You know, it's I, and I can eat breakfast. Again, you know, I said Mexican food, but I can also eat breakfast all the time. And so, I, you know, if I'm just – if I'm here – Driving home or getting a ride home or whatever it is, and it's 2 a.m., I'm probably going to grab some, something that has to do with breakfast and taquitos are the easiest. You know, right now we're supposed to be in Vegas for National Finals Rodeo, so that's a different 2 a.m. meal because a 2 a.m. meal in Vegas is breakfast. So Yes, and last one, uh, morning person or night owl? Because you kind of got, you got your morning show and you got yeah. your, you know, you stay up late to go to shows. Uh, I do. Uh, staying up late is, has, has become a lot harder. As I've gotten older, um, but I am an absolute morning person, and people ask me all the time when they see me out, you know, after the sun goes down, you know, how do you, how do, you do that? And, uh, it, I mean, literally, I have had the same schedule since uh, June of 1996 because I, my internship started in morning radio, and I've done nothing wow. but morning radio since, since that time. What um, time do you have to – what time do you get up in the morning? Uh, when I first got started and I was, you know, it was morning radio and you were learning how to do morning radio, uh, the preparation for it, the business side of it and all that, uh, I would get up at three o'clock in the morning and just kind of get my faculties about me, uh, have something to eat, do some breakfast, you know, do some reading of the newspaper, uh, head into the studio and then start kind of chopping it all up and prepping for the show and be ready to go by, um, I think we started at one point. I think our show started at 5 a.m. So, I mean, three o'clock was, I mean, that's two hours before the show. So that's really about right. Yeah. Uh, It's just completely opposite side of everybody else. But now, uh, not to to sound arrogant by any means, but I mean, I can can wake up and walk into a studio and and do a show with no problem. So um, now I get up, show starts at six and I get up every morning. 
uh, at about 4.30, quarter to five, take a quick shower, get in the car, go grab a cup of coffee and walk into the studio. There you have it. Boom. Love it. Bye. Love it. Love it. I love it, man. That's that we, we've been doing this a long time together, brother. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, here's, here's to all the years that, uh, that we have behind us and, uh, and all the ones working together in the future. Do me a, do me a favor real quick, man. And let's, let's plug some stuff. Let's get some websites, sites, some sponsors, uh, anything oh, you, you got. Yeah. Well, let me start by saying, uh, thank you all of you, uh, for having me. Uh, I understand that the last episode was Stone Cold Steve Austin, and now you're at the very underside of the barrel. As you you scrape it before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am, I, am, I, am the, I am the gum that is stuck underneath chair number four, uh, as it would be. But, uh, but I'm here now, so this is here. So thank, you for the, thank you for doing that. It's really cool. Uh, Cody, I could not, this is going to sound weird and don't take it that way, but I, man, I could not be more excited and proud for you, uh, and your guys in the band with everything that you guys have accomplished because of where, as you said, you and I started from and came from and to see all the things that you guys have accomplished and what you're doing now and the accolades that are given, you know, that you've earned that are being heaped on you. I just, I absolutely am just so excited for you. I, yeah, we a, do what we can, man. To a fault. And I always get in, my wife, uh, well, Casey, well, I always get in trouble by her for saying this, but I, I almost enjoy watching other people's success than I do sometimes trying to achieve my own. You know, I just like, I love watching people. Well, case in point right there, I was asking you to plug yourself and you started talking about me again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. But so thank you for having me. Thank you for the 22nd. I'm going to flip the tables on you and we're going to get to discuss a lot more of the things uh, about you. Uh, But if you want to, Hear what we do. Hear what hear what we do at Texas Red Dirt Roads. You can find txrdr.com. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Txrdr. Facebook is Texas Red Dirt Roads Radio Show. Uh, Monday through Friday, uh, morning radio is ninety five point nine The Ranch. Nine five nine The Ranch dot com. Uh, and same for Twitter and Instagram there as well. Um, and then the radio show is currently uh, in syndication. And it's aired on, I think at last count, 32 stations around the country. And some of them are, um, you know, top 40 country stations. And my show is the, the, that, that taste of Texas and Red Dirt music each week. And some of them are just, you know, they're, they're 24-7. There's not many of them, but some of them are 24-7 Texas and Red Dirt music radio stations. And I'm just a, a piece and a part of that line. I mean, grateful for all that opportunity because it's, being in syndication is not about me being in syndication and going, Hey, I have a syndicated radio show. Look at me. I'm on all these stations. I look at it as it's, 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 I'm casting a bigger net to introduce people to a brand of music. They may not even know exists yet, but I promise you when you hear it and you give it a chance, you're going to go, where has this been all my life? And Mm -hmm. so that's my goal. My goal is not to get my name on, on a radio station's website. My goal is to get your name, Cody on as many as possible. And of course you're doing that on your own now, but there's so many that I'm, you know, I'm just cheering for. Well, so, man, I've, I've, guys like us have, have had a lot of, lot of help over the years from guys like you, man. And like I was saying a while ago, the, 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 um, the concept of a radio personality, that's not just a DJ going in and, and um, recording a program, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, uh, 
that's that's something that guys like us, you know, we become friends, all that good stuff, man. We're yep. in each other's corners, uh, cheering like hell. Um, I do want to say one more time, um, I will be on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, 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 Backroads Conversations on December 22nd. Right. And uh, I, I know that there are a limited amount of tickets that will be Wrong. going on. They're gone? They're gone. They're <laughs> You got like a you got like a guest list. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you I do. Do you have some? You have somebody you think I nah. should put on it? <laughs> yeah, me. Can, can you put Keith? Can, can, you, can you get my man Keith no, in there? No, we do it alphabetically, and and we filled it up when we got to the J. So you hear um, Josh? Josh didn't chime in. Josh doesn't want to go. He's, he's <laughs> no, I mean again because everybody's everybody's loving them. Some Cody Jinx. We put uh, again. It's it's limited capacity, obviously. And it was that way when we developed the show. I wanted it to be an intimate setting. You know, I wanted it to feel like you were actually in a living room with your artist. And so, we, I mean, we usually don't sell more than 100 tickets anyway. It just so happens that, you know, with COVID regulations, that's the hard number we have to, you know, play with anyway. So we, had a, we made 100 tickets available. We made the announcement uh, on uh, December 3rd. And uh, within the hour, they were all gone. So... Cheers, buddy. Congratulations. Hey, fan- fantastic, man. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. Um, I'm glad to, uh, uh, I'm glad to be buddies with you. It's been a, it's been a long time and, uh, just, uh, glad you were on the show. Appreciate you. Love you. Thank the world of you. Tell Casey, we said hi. I do have one more request, Justin Frizzell. Yes, sir. Could you, uh, could you end this show with your, your classic line, please? Yes. I'm Justin Frizzell. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that one. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. No, that's what he wants to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's, the other, that's, the other that's what would have happened if I would have done TV. Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, my name is Justin Frizzell. You're listening to Cody Jakes and Josh and Keith and a couple in. And I'll see you down the road. That's it. Ah, love, I love it, it buddy. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. Thank y'all so thank much, you, man. man. God yeah, bless. brother. God bless you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you down the road, man. If you tell, need anything, tell Beck I'm sorry about the whiskey lunch. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> All right, man. Be good. We'll talk to you soon. Thank All you, brother. Right. See y'all, love man. You boys. See you, buddy.